Nicole, ask for what you want and need. Women are taught not to ask for what we want and need. We're supposed to be so grateful with the crumbs. Welcome to the I Also Want Money podcast, where our mission is to democratize, demystify, and demasculinize making money. My name's Nicole Kyle, and I'm here with my co-host, Sophie Holm, and co-producer, Harrison Comfort. It's almost summer, and the French Open started yesterday. And in honor of that, we're doing something a little bit different on today's episode. We are flashing it back to summer 2021, when I Also Want Money podcast had the unique opportunity to cover the original Nines induction into the International Tennis Hall of Fame in Newport, Rhode Island. Who was the original Nine? The original nine comprised nine women who back in 1970 were sick of men's professional tennis players making four times as much prize money as them at equal tournaments. These nine women found it unacceptable, went on strike, created their own tour that would become the predecessor to the Women's Tennis Association that we know today. Now, if you're not a tennis fan like me, why should you care about the original nine? Well, as we've seen, one of the highest profile arenas for the fight in equal pay is sport. The women who comprise the original nine are Billie Jean King, Rosemary Casal, Nancy Ritchie, Peaches Berkovich, Christy Pigeon, Valerie Zagenfuss, and Julie Heldman, Carrie Melville, and Judy Tegart Dalton. Together, these nine women with their sponsor, Gladys Heldman, who at the time was the publisher of World Tennis Magazine, created their own tour, signing symbolic $1 contracts to say the status quo, we will build our own system when the existing system isn't working for us. This episode is special to me for a lot of reasons. Firstly, when my passions can intersect gender equity, pay equity, and tennis, I'm here for it. So this was a massive homecoming for me last year. It was a really special experience. And there's going to be a point in this episode where I ask Billie Jean King a question, and every time I hear it or think about it or play it back, I almost cry. But please enjoy the selections from the press conference at the induction of the original nine into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. First up, reflections on the creation of the Virginia Slims Tour in 1970. You'll hear from Julie Heldman, Rosie Casal, Valerie Zagenfuss, Christy Pigeon, and Billie Jean King. Yes, we're trailblazers, but we're also incredibly lucky to be in the right place at the right time to show up, as Billy says, and to stand up. But we're lucky in other ways, too, to have had what I call the Holy Trinity, my mother, the architect, the engineer, who was holding down two full-time jobs plus, and to have had such a star as Billie Jean to be behind us and with us, and to have had the money. We were, because we had a Fortune 500 company that was supporting us, and that in many ways felt they needed us too, a cigarette company with, for a women's brand, and there we were, a women's product, and there they were getting booted off the TV. Where can we put our money? So how to replicate would be very hard to get all of those factors in the same place. The other factor was that as soon as the tour got started after Houston, women became pouring in from all over the world. No, not everybody did. But we had people who were dedicated, willing to work, pushing it through. And I just hope that other sports 
can get that kind of a combination and a kind of the stars were right for us. Of course, we always want to share our um, uh, success with other women's sports. Uh, I know soccer has been working on the equal uh, play, equal pay, and uh, that's taken a while. And you know, and looking at the history of uh, women's sports, uh, certainly the LPGA has been around for a long time. And uh, when I look at their prize money, I cringe because when we look at ours at 3.2 million for uh, a fortnight at Wimbledon and U.S. Open, likewise, and all the Grand Slams, in addition to our uh, WTA championships. Um, the money is there, and the money's there because uh, of, uh, obviously, the original nine. And, uh, again, uh, history was on our side, but uh, I think we made a lot of things happen. We had a lot of foresight. We had the leadership of uh, Billie Jean, and I think that's what's lacking in a lot of the uh, women's sports, uh, a lack of leadership, a lack of commitment, uh, and a lack of vision. But um, we're hopeful that we can all work together and that, you know, the WTA can help them and they can form their own associations or unions because that's very important. You got to have one voice and that's what we had, a very loud one. Well, what we started uh, then jumped into more attention for uh, Title IX. So you start impacting the ground roots level for girls' sports, women's sports, um, we, it's amazing that because of everything that fell into place, but with Title IX and other sports uh, being available for the girls because of money and because of what we did, um, it's impacted where we are today. Billie Jean was our leader. And, um, I thought we all had a lot of fire. We had fire, that's no, true. That's why we won, because we all were connected. We're, our connection has never been broken. We are so connected. I, I just think it was such a, um, that everyone, everyone contributed so much in different ways. And, but every single one of us, it was a commitment, total commitment and focus. Gladys was sensational, fearless, just, she was hysterical too. She's very funny. She was eccentric. She was different. She was, I like that though. I, I like that in her. Plus, we all had to be here in order to be able to play. Yeah. You know, I mean, she had to have somebody to play and beat, right? So we had to be around, you know. And then every once in a while, we have our upset of the tournament, and we would beat her. <laughs> so that was our glory. But, um, yeah, no, it took every one of us to get here. You know, the, another thing, I don't know we talk about enough, part of our bond, or maybe a lot of it, is we were in the trenches together. There wasn't anybody there saying, in, in the tennis world, saying, oh, please, do well. <laughs> so there we were, fighting every bit of the way. We worked like, modern tennis players would think this is nuts. We were giving a clinic or two a week. We talked to anybody who, who, who could breathe. We <laughs> went to cocktail parties when he showed up in town and our eyes were rolling up in our head and we thought, these are the people who can help us. But we were in the trenches, and we have those memories of what we did. The fun parts, the awful parts, we were in it together. The LPGA started in 1950 with 13 members. And when we started, uh, obviously they were the, the first. Um, but we went ahead of them immediately. 
I, th- I felt like they're, I don't know if they paid enough attention to the business side. We did. Um, and that made a huge difference. You look at the WNBA, women's sports, I'll just tell you, is in its infancy. When and if we ever get the money, the enthusiasm, the investment behind it, then you'll start to see acceleration. There has been some acceleration. One of the things that helped, like Valerie talked about, was Title IX in uh, 1972. The Olympics in 1996 was the, the, the Olympics of women. They named it. I, I don't think I quite have the name right. But why? Because the USA won so many gold medals that they never had, whether it be soccer, softball, basketball, or whatever. And that is that was the result of Title IX. It took that many years for uh, us the women and girls to start having the coaching, the opportunities, uh, the travel, all the, all the things that go in, in making an athlete better. Uh, so that's been a hard struggle as well. But things are very slow. They just are. Change is slow. And uh, you have to be persistent. Uh, but women's sports has a long way to go, but... Uh, it's doing better. But when you only get 2 or 3% of media, how are people supposed to know who we are as human beings? Because that's what people like. They like who we are as a human being is what they're interested in, not just how we hit a ball. They want to know about the person, the story that's behind it. If we're not covered properly, if people don't, because people do get interested, interested in us, because we did media, and then they read our story. Now they're interested. It's not the tennis. It's the human element. It's always about the human being, the story, that makes it interesting. So I just, until, and we need everyone to get behind it. I mean, 95% of the media is still, traditional media, is controlled by men. And usually people want to talk about themselves. Okay? It's always about them. So... The reason King Riggs match had so many people, because the media, 95% men, even then, now you can imagine has hardly changed. Now it was important because it was about them. So it's a long haul, but until we get a shift and unless human beings support each other equally, it's very, very tough. It's just not about the professional sport. It's also about grassroots. It's about developing countries. It's about getting children to participate, like FIFA gives 80% to boys for uh, development in soccer and 20% to girls. And where do you think their biggest growth opportunities are, though? It's with us. We are the growth opportunities. We are just, if you want just straight business, forget gender, forget everything. We are the opportunity for growth, women. Billie Jean King shares how current players should think about their role in carving out the future. How do you want the sport to look five years from now, ten years from now? Because you're, you're in the thick of it, and current players have the most power because you're seen the most. This is your moment. They look at me like, huh? What do you mean? Well, I said, well, all right, well, you're a member of the WTA. Well, how would you like that to look five years from now, ten years from now? Not just what are you going to do for our sport, but what do you, how, do, how can we help make the world a better place? Because um, I think that's part of our job if we're going to be professional athletes. Very few people have a platform like we do. And so how are we going to use those moments to make this world a better place? That's how I think. And I think we thought about that because we talked about the future generations. Our whole focus was on the future. Everything we did was for the future generations. And I said, we talked about it. I said, if you expect applause, don't do this. I, I remember telling all of us in the bedroom at your mother's house, 
Don't do it if you expect applause or a lot of money. We're not, we're not going to be that group. We're the starters, but we are not going to be the big shots. We're just not. And this is my moment. I asked the original nine how they think their experience is transferable to other women in any industry, even outside of sports, who are fighting for gender pay equality. We'll hear from Rosie Casal and Billie Jean King. We know that the gender pay gap affects every industry. What advice do you have to women who are trying to negotiate pay rises, fight for pay equity outside of sports? You know, what what about your experiences is transferable regardless of uh, what industry you're in? My quick one is get together on this. Seriously, I mean, because the only way you accomplish anything is having one voice. Be on the same page, uh, talk about the same things. Wall Street Journal did a really good study um, on women and men getting hired. Women are usually hired on performance and men are hired on potential. So what I ask everyone who's hiring, this isn't what Nicole asked, she's on the other side of it, uh, is that please look at the person, I don't care who they are, across from you when you're if you're talking to them or if you're doing it virtually or whatever, I want you to think about their potential, not just what they've done. With women, they always go, oh, what have you done so far? And women tend to shy away from asking for more. Um, Ilana and I, my partner and I have run, you know, we have a business and it's so interesting. A guy will come in and say, I want more responsibility. And that means I want more money and a better title, okay? Women never come in and ask. So please, Nicole, Ask for what you want and need. Women are taught not to ask for what we want and need. We're supposed to be so grateful with the crumbs. So instead of being grateful for the crumbs, I want you to think about the cake, the icing, and the cherry on top, top and you deserve it. So that's important if you're going to, and try to really find out the marketplace if you can. And don't be afraid to ask for more than what you used to get. A lot of times people will offer a woman a, a salary and she'll go, oh, thank you, it's, that's nice, that's nice. And they won't increase it. A guy will go, no, no, I was thinking, okay, let's say it's 20000 The guy will say, no, I think it should be 25000 And that's what you have to, you have to learn to be brave, ask for what you want. Try to really think about your, what makes you who you are, what your value is, where do, where's your strengths. Uh, that's where you need to go. So, uh, I don't. What do you think about the original nine? Did we ask for what we wanted? Yeah, we did ask for what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, so we're saying to others, do it. Yeah, go for it. But we did do it. Uh, yeah, Nicole, but what's the worst thing that happened? They say listen, no. Listen, I've got a, I've got a solution for her. Take her. I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll help you. <laughs> it does change. Well, the generations have changed too because our expectations have gone up, which is good. That was what it was all about. I mean. That's why I wanted to make $100,000 in 1971, the first time we did a tour. I, t I told Larry in December of 70, I was just thinking, I said, what would get the media and the public's attention? Everybody understands money, whether you're a school teacher, whether you're a factory worker, whether you're a CEO, everyone understands money. That's a, a measurement that everyone can relate to. So that's the common denominator. So I go to myself, I go, Larry, I know this is ridiculous, but I'm going to try to make 100000 in 71, he goes, whoa, okay. I said, I don't know if it'll work. So I talked to Gladys, and I said, Gladys, how many tournaments do we have? How much prize money? Because how are you going to get to 100000 And the winners are making 2300 uh, most of the time. But Gladys put on a tournament in Houston for $40,000 in August. And to the winner, went 10000 Well, that's worth three or four tournaments, right? So I'm going to myself, I have to win the Houston tournaments at, High, at Hoffines Pavilion. I don't know if you guys remember that. And I knew that was going to be the turning point if I could make it by October. 
And, but I knew if I could make $100,000 that the media would follow us, the, the public might start getting interested in our stories and all of us. So I said, I am going to kill myself next year. And if, I, if we can make 100 we have something to talk about. And our first year is our Virginia Slim series. We can do this. So um, I did make 100 in the last tournament. I went over 100 But the important thing is the President of the United States called me on it. People were excited, and it was, a, it was about number five of all the male and female athletes in 1971. If you look it up, Johnny Bench was making $80,000. I think Willie Mays made 150. I made 117. That's also got us people paying attention. So that was why the first year was so important out of the, out of the blocks to make the sponsors happy because we have a lot of local sponsors. Every tournament has local sponsors. So you got to make everybody happy and you want to make your fans excited. If they see that, they get excited. So those are, those are some of the things behind the scenes that were happening to make, to make this, this interest come. And then all of us killing ourselves, every single one of us, every day and night. We signed every autograph when people were leaving the stadiums. Every single person got an autograph. We did not leave. And then usually someone was waiting for us backstage, like a magazine or somebody to write a long article about us. So we did not stop. And that we would finish at 2 a.m. We'd get up and make a 6 o'clock radio program. Now, the players today would say, you're crazy. Well, because of our craziness, you have Osaka made $55 million. So we are still, what we did as a group is so relevant today. Not only, I mean, you think about what these women make. Osaka made $55 million. Why did she make that? You can relate right back to what we did. It's, it's relevant. History is relevant today. So I think it's very, we're very relevant today, not just in 1970. And so when every, any woman in tennis gets a check, okay, you can go back to the day we were, we signed the $1 contract with Gladys Hellman. So I sit there every time somebody gets a check, I go, yes. They're living our dream. They are living our dream. Now their job, what are they going to do for the next generations? That's their job. So what's the business model of tennis anyway? And how does it need to change to continue to secure pay equality for everyone? We'll hear from Billie Jean King and Rosie Casal. Tournament owners only need about eight players, really. That's where all the revenue comes in. In tournaments in the old days, and I don't know how it is now, um, 80% of our, because we own tournaments, we own teams, 80% of our revenues came in on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So in a way, um, you could say we're offering. I think the challenge is, is that that's why I always wanted team sports and tennis as well as the singles. I wanted both. Uh, I've always been interested in that because I grew up in team sports. And my brother played 12 years of professional baseball, so Randy Moffitt. So I've been around pro sports my whole life, and that's another reason I wanted pro tennis. How many people can we truly support to make enough for one year to make a, living, a proper living? Then you've got to ask yourself, what does that mean? Does that mean for myself? Or do you mean when I have my team of people which cost more money? Every time you see Djokovic, every time you see these people, you know, you see Barty, you see all the top players, and they go, oh, thank you, my team. And I'm going, it is great they can afford a team. It costs a lot of money to just pay them a salary, transportation, hotel, that's a lot. So the reason I wanted team tennis to make it is because we could provide more jobs. I did the multiples on it, we, a lot of us did, and we probably could have taken care of seven, 800 players, plus you can play all over the world. With 
when you think just individual, though, like tennis does, you are lucky. I think I've asked the ATP, is it 150? It's close to 150 to 200. Yeah. So that's the same with the women. We're kind of in that range. We still don't make as much money as the men overall. We do have equal prize money at the majors, which I think the message is just as important as the, as the money. Message is really important uh, that we have equality. It is really hard when you have a, uh, in singles, in tennis, the economics to make it work. And you need to, if you talk to the tournament owners and you talk to the players, most players do not even know anything about a tournament. They know nothing about the business, and yet they want to ask for more. More of what? You guys, you've got to know both sides of everything when you go in to negotiate. And that's why we did well, because it really helped me to own tournaments, because it changed everything. Gladys had done tournaments, she understood. That's why we can have a proper discussion. And when we went in to ask for more, we knew the business side of it and understood their challenges. Because when you go to sit with somebody, you can't just be about yourself. Yeah. You've got to be about them. And we spoke directly to the promoters. We, we talked I directly. Mean, we spoke right. directly. I don't think a player, if they would want more money, would go directly to a promoter. And we've always experienced that. We have yeah. Players on the bottom always wanted more money. And players on the top are the ones that bring in the money. Yeah, so you can only share it so much, and there's always going to be those left out. And the game is, you know, it's, it, it, well, it, it's tennis. It's not NFL where you have hordes and hordes of... Also, um, they have contracts. We're independent contractors. That's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. But we also, everybody at the same time has to be thinking about the future. Right. So to be able to, who can you support now? But if you don't dig down you won't have a future. So there's a balancing act. And I think what we're hearing from everybody is how important the money sources are. They're the people coming in the gate. They're the companies that sponsor. And that's where we did so well in the beginning. We had the money from a Fortune 500 sponsor, but that wasn't going to work unless we brought people in the gate. That's where media content is where the real money is. I mean, the NFL, 100 billion... Tennis is probably the fourth most watched sport in the world, and we have about 1.3% of that. Just, you've got to understand the business before you go in. I mean, it's like, um, you've got to know both sides. When you negotiate with somebody, you, you have to have compassion and empathy for what they're trying to do, because both parties, when you get up from the table, have to feel like you won something. You give, you take. That's what negotiation is about. It's just not about you, your side. It's about both sides, or all sides, or whatever, it's at the table. It's not easy, but the knowledge is important. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, join us in the I Also movement. This means take to your social platforms and post a hashtag I Also statement. Follow us on Instagram at I Also Podcast, and of course, subscribe. This podcast is produced by Harrison Comfort, and the theme tune is by Malin Linnea.